This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. No matter what you're looking for in a non-alcoholic beer, there's only one name that has it all. Athletic Brewing Co. Full flavor? It's athletic. Huge variety? It's athletic. Award-winning styles you can get online, at the bar, or the grocery store? It's athletic. In fact, when it comes to amazing non-alcoholic beer, there's no question. It's athletic. Ask for it and find out. Go to askforathletic.com to find your closest retailer today. Near beer. Um, hi. Sorry, I just got record. Okay. Um, Petra just said she listened back to one we did and we forgot to intro them. We didn't actually say who it was, so I've got to do it. So when this person comes on, when she comes on, we uh, need to say. When she comes on. Okay, so you're trying to double bluff me there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was a double. I was annoyed at my. Uh, um, so. Yeah, but now you're playing a game going, <laughs> I was annoyed at my, so I don't know what's going on. You, you have to spin round as well, by the way. Go on. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck, I hate this. <laughs> You've oh, not done God. one of these, have you? A spinny round? No. Okay. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, shit. You pulled your headphones out. Oh, fuck's sake. Hello? Right, so can we practice? <laughs> Uh, hold on, let me... <laughs> Can explain what's going on? Okay, so, turn around, I want to get a grab of it as well. Uh, David has turned his back on the camera, so he can't see when I... We do, it's got a surprise guest coming on, and David doesn't know who it is. And we're, when we do this now, the person who doesn't know has to face away. They turn around, and when the person's on, we'll go... Oh, there you go. That's it. So it's quite tense. So how are you feeling, though? You've not done one, have you? No. <laughs> Makes you feel a bit vulnerable, doesn't it? Yeah, I've, I've got uh, butterflies. <laughs> and I actually thought then, oh, I think I'm going to play this call. Whatever, whoever it is. Yeah, I think that was my... That's your little safety net. I'm not planning on, but I just thought, <laughs> what am I going to do here? Oh, I think I'm going to play it. Uh, they might be watching me now. I don't even know if they're there now. <laughs> They might be hearing all this. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> don't get cross with it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. God, if it's Lawrence Nguyen in Boeing, I'd just go, what the fuck? What is happening? If it is Lawrence Nguyen in Bowen, I'll go, what the fuck? This is not who I booked. So you said, oh, you know, when she... So that's you going, oh, I'll try and trick him. And he's going to go, oh, it's not a she, it's a he. 
But yeah, that's your double bluffing. So it is a she. There's no way you would have triple triple bluff me. <laughs> it's a she. But, but triple bluff is it's a Charlie, It's Charlie Dimmock. Mm. Charlie how do you Dimmock. how did you find out? Clever clogs. Is Charlie there now? <laughs> yeah, she's been here the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Dimmock! You're quite relaxed, so it's definitely someone you know. Because if if what? it wasn't someone you you you'd be You'd be scared as well. You'll be very relaxed. You know me too well. I hate You've done this. it again, David. Like always, you've got it right. <laughs> oh, right. What? They've arrived. Oh, my God. Right. I, I can't, if you can hear me, guess, can you please not say anything straight away because David has his back to us. Please don't, please don't say anything if you can hear me. I don't guess. think this is Charlie Dimmock. <laughs> okay. Okay, so yeah, John, can you come oh, on? The, you see, oh, this you person is. This person is. Yeah, so. Oh, right, you, so you know you them well your, enough to iMessage. No, it's, no, it's not. They're messaging on the Zoom chat, which I've oh. never seen before. This is these put. This is a different level. I hate this. Right, so, guess, can you come on the camera? Because David's got his back to us, so we can see your face. I'm hello, mate. To okay. Hello, hello, mate. Hello, mate. <laughs> hello, mate. So the person's <laughs> now here, David. Right. So if you if you want to turn around. No, I'm not gonna bother. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, we're not doing okay. it. Okay, thanks for coming. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> you Hello. Hello. Stuart. <laughs> crunch, crunch, you pack of twats. <laughs> Hello. How are you? Hello. Stuart? I'm really well. It's lovely to see you. <laughs> right. We forget to introduce who it is. Sorry, um, my brain is just thinking right how's <laughs> the next hour gonna go. <laughs> I hate this. Let's do, let's do a com com pod with Dave. Woohoo! Oh yeah. This is um yeah, oh god, of course. I mean I, I hadn't thought that it could be that, but it could be an ambush com com pod. Yeah, this is really what Joe's could. got you on for. <laughs> Stuart. Yeah. If that's all right, I'd love yeah. to dissect David's thinking, his process. Oh, yeah, let's do that because he'll really hate it. <laughs> Stuart Goldsmith is our oh surprise guest. And Stuart has one of my favourite podcasts in the world. Oh, I know it's ComCom Pod, but it's Comedians Comedian Podcast. And um, I think this is fair to say Stuart's gift is... What's what's I don't know how to say this, but you get the most out of people, don't Good you? Good luck, Stuart. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck, Sam. Um, my favourite bits on your pod is when you go, no, 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 keep going. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> and when they're sort of opening up. Well, okay. Oh, uh, well, okay. So I think I think Brett Goldstein. <laughs> I tricked Brett onto the. Onto I saw the that because he's. Did you did you hear that one? I saw that live. I think it was on Twitch, wasn't no. it? Uh, oh yeah, it might have been. Yeah. yeah, it was. It was a pandemic. Everything was on Twitch, and it's not on <sighs> Twitch anymore. Um, I, I basically Brett didn't want to come on the show for years. He's listened to every single episode, and it, that we're talking four hundred and nineteen episodes. Yeah. And um, and Brett Goldstein said uh, we're friends, and he said uh, uh, he wouldn't come on the show because he said you're really good at calling people on their shit. Yeah, and yeah. I don't know yes, what my that's... shit is, and I don't want to get called on it. So I had yeah. to sort of, I didn't trick him on. I kind of said, let's do a podcast about something else. And it did genuinely turn into that. 
Right. So, didn't you didn't you say right? We're going to pause now as Brent needs to talk to me in private. Oh God, that was that one. I'm sure you did, didn't you? This is, this is what I mean. Is like you you corner people and then they open up and then probably hate themselves afterwards. I don't know. I tend. I sometimes get a text. In well, that might be me. I get a text in the in in the sort of 48 hours afterwards where people go, "Was that all right? Was that awful?" That's what they say, but it right. isn't awful. Listen, you you know it better than I do, right? I, I'm too busy having the conversations. You've heard it. I don't yeah. think I corner people, but no, I do. I do seem to have a You're facility doing it now. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm also going. Can we please focus on David? <laughs> but right, what now. do I mean? It's like like you go. No, let's keep talking about this. Because, right, I tell you what you do is you're very good at noticing people's defense mechanisms to kind of get out of telling what's actually happening, what they're actually thinking. I just, I want to note now that David's body language is very subtly defensive. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think it's that subtle. He's he's literally moving away from the Okay, I'm not going to move. What are you looking at? Uh, I'm looking at the your right shoulder is sort of dropped a little bit, like you're sort of like you're oh, doing one oh. percent of squaring up for a fight, but just, <laughs> you're just like oh, oh no, Stuart, <laughs> stop reading <Okay>. us. <laughs> I don't. Oh, I don't. Oh. I know that some people. I think the weird thing is people of your uh, of your uh, kind of year at school in yeah. comedy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're yeah, of a similar yeah. year. We're the same year, comedy. aren't we? Aren't we well, the same year? Well, me and Joe did a group show at, at Edinburgh with Lee Bannard and Diane Morgan. So yeah. we were very we're, much... Yeah, we, what what we, year was uh, that? Uh, uh, look at me, look at me now, relax. What year was that, by the way? <laughs> <laughs> I think it was 2003. Oh, okay. I started 2004, yeah. So, sim- yeah, right. so about the same year. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so, and I, my memories of that are very funny because you, between, I mean, I don't know, Dave, uh, Lee Bannard was probably before you. I remember time. Lee Bannard. No, you remember Lee? Yeah, Brilliant, yeah. brilliant comic. Mm. All, all the way through, I, I refer to him every so often on the podcast because what I loved about his set was that seeded throughout his set was the implication that he was an arsonist, which is oh, just yes, for a yes. one line of comic, it was just magical. But he had a certain energy. And Joe had Joe energy and Diane Morgan was doing stand-up at herself at the time. And it was like these three people who were just brilliant, brilliant joke writers, but absolutely bloody miserable the entire time. <laughs> yeah, and I the turned the up biggest like... show-offs in the world, probably, Stuart. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> Once again, we need to veer this towards me. <laughs> but I yeah. used to bounce in yeah. going... Come on, I felt like a scout leader. Come on, yeah, everyone, we're going to get through. Yeah. It's going to be fine. Yeah. And I, it must have been unbearable looking back because I think everyone would have been happier. We, there was always arguments over who, not arguments, but it was like, can you compare, please? Because we said we'd take turns in comparing. Oh, and I can't think of a less natural compare than Diane Joe on Lee. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. Still, yeah, fucking hell. Yeah. Well, maybe look- you shouldn't be, Joe. Maybe it's time to just let loose and show you the real Joe. <laughs> but it's David we're here to talk yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it really <laughs> is. It doesn't have to be. Well, I do. <laughs> I, I, I'm so excited. I love your podcast. I love it. And I'm really nervous coming on it. I'm Are really you? yes, yes, yes. You have all the power. You're the you're the one with the mind game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't th- it's because you uh and and I think there's so that we were talking about like your our year at school at comedy. Yeah. Lots of us don't want to come on Comcom. 
They don't want to come on my podcast. No. And I, I, why do you think it is? Because I, I've got my pet theories, some of which I don't want to say in case other people listen and go, oh, that's oh. a good point. I, I also, I, I was... like, I guess I've, I've asked you, Joe, and you've always declined very politely. David, I think I've asked you, but you I did ask just... me what you did ask me once yeah. back in the day. I would I remember so where I was, love Stuart. to I was, have. I was in the what? back of the car. I was at Latitude. <laughs> and I thought, I've got the fucking message. He sent me the message. Everyone remembers where they and were. They don't decline my podcast. <laughs> I remember genuinely as well. I also remember yeah. when, yeah. like, you've you've kind of asked me to come on on the pod, and both times, or maybe like you said, come on, Joe, come on the pod, and I've been yeah. driving, and it's almost <laughs> caused me to have like. Like, oh, you've heard it. You've actually, that's Yeah, I've been sort of driving somewhere, like, and it's always, like, obviously on my own, because, like, just sort of listening to a pod, and you go, and then you say, come on, Joe, come on the pod. And, oh, God, what, what, what? <laughs> sorry about that. And, like, and then the next sort of five minutes, I have to sort of go, you know, and then I, I think it is literally opening up too much. Yeah, right. That's what, and then going, fucking, you know, why have I, why am I talking like this? Like, why am I? Why, 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 why would you not want to? So here's... <laughs> I, I don't know how familiar your listeners will be with my show, but David just did a really good impression of me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, do you know what, Stuart? So back in the day when you asked me, what was my... I'll tell you what I thought. I thought, I'm going to remain an enigma yeah. <laughs> so that people go, who's this guy floating in and out of clumps? Sure, sure. And if I come on your pod, I'll reveal all that I'm just a twat. Yes, there is a certain, I understand that. Yeah? I understand that. Have you met others like that? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And there, there is almost, you have a vibe in common and I, I can't quite put my finger on it, but I do think it is out of a sense of not necessarily wanting to remain enigmatic, but we all know, the, it's almost like what, one of the good things about my podcast is also its downfall, which is that loads of comics listen to it. So yeah. I think comics get very self-conscious about, and I am known to, I do get people to open up yeah. and I'm I quite... They, the thing about my podcast is I listen. It's almost unique in comedy podcasts. I mean, it's not yeah. funny. I just ask a question that I hope is perceptive, and then I shut up and listen. And almost mm. no one does that. No. So um, if I'm you would like to... now. <laughs> so, well, you so... You just did that. Yeah, I know, Pratt. See? <laughs> Even then you had to get a joke. <laughs> but you're doing it as well. <laughs> so I... I uh... Yeah, so I, I think that um, I think that does scare certain comics, but scares the shit because people are worried about the people are worried about opening up. But what, yeah. the reason I'm scared to be on this show is that, and I'm a fan of Philip Panicky now, is because well, on like, this show, yeah, 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 what yeah. What on earth have you got to be scared about this show? Well, because I think of you two in particular as having like, <laughs> and you're I don't know if it's the way you laugh or not, God, but I think you've, you've got a sort of an integrity both of you individually as comics that I, I fear I lack. I, I kind of like, I love how, in, how much integrity you've got. And so I feel like, oh God, I'm going to go on Chatterbix and be all bland and thin. And... Oh my God, I'm loving this. Yeah, I am. This is so <laughs> Oh God, I'm doing it. a reverse cock <laughs> <laughs> This is true. That's true. But why? Do, but why do you feel like that? <laughs> no. no. But what, what do you? What do you? Because. Yeah, what do you think you're missing out on then, Stuart, with your performance? What do I, uh, think I, I don't. I don't want to sound like I'm on your well, podcast, but well, here's the thing. So, um, so I watched. I, I watched Brian and Charles last night, 
right? Oh, okay. And I, I loved it. And I, I've been meaning to get around to it for ages. And I thought, well, I'm going on the show tomorrow. I've got, I've got to have seen it. So I watched it. And I was watching it on a train on the way back from London to Bristol. And I was crying on a train in a love, not, not in floods, but in a kind of like, oh, I'm having yeah. a big visceral reaction to this. This is really like, it's, it's, really, it's really simple. I described it to my children this morning. Uh, my children are uh, six and four. And my son, my six-year-old, said, I described what, what it's about. And he said, oh, he's stolen that from Scrap Man, which is like some kid book that he's got. And then my daughter, oh, right. who's yeah. four, and she was trying to join in. She said, yes, he's stolen it from the Jungle Book. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. In many ways, it is an allegory of the Jungle Book. <laughs> yeah, I watched that actually over the weekend. Yeah. Oh, it's good. The live action one's good. Yeah. Um, but so with specific reference to a thing I've seen recently, and also like I remember when I saw you at Mac Festival and you were doing Brian doing doing the bit about getting you got a person out of the audience and they had to get from that side of the stage to that side of the stage before you could say Dorothy Perkins. Do you remember that bit? Oh yeah. God, I was crying. There was one, I brought a mate, I brought a new friend to that show and it really solidified our friendship because he was like, Hey, he's, he knows some cool shows. And I'm like, yeah, oh, I can right. yeah. yeah. Um, but I don't know what it is. There is something about your, like the pair of you, have this kind of commitment to not like commitment to the bit, but it's almost like you do it even if no one came to see it because it pleases you. And right. that's a thing I struggle with because I do it and I'm so lacking in self-confidence that if I do a thing and people don't laugh at it, I just give up on it straight away. And I go, I sort of follow the laugh and my negative self-belief about myself is that, is that I follow the laugh too much. Right. So it ends up being too broad. Whereas, but, but I do that because I like the idea of failure really terrifies me. Whereas you guys seem to be, <laughs> it's, a, it's a backhanded compliment. Yeah. I am so refreshingly unafraid to fail. <laughs> yeah. I mean, personally, yeah, personally, I've only got one gear, I think. I feel like that as well, yeah. And so <laughs> if I fail, I'm like, okay, well, there's no other gear I can switch into. So mm. I'll just keep working my way around the clubs to find that 2% of people that enjoy gear, gear one. Cause I, I really I've feel heard... like that. There's a one way of, I, I can sort of hopefully make people laugh. There isn't, there aren't many. Well, I feel ways. like people have said, like I've been listening to people probably on your podcast, actually, Stuart, going about how I paraphrase, but they go, Oh, and if it's going like that, I'll, I'll change it up or whatever. And I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? I'm like, I'm, I've got these six things to say and however it goes, I'm doing the yeah. next one. Do you know what I mean? Like there's no sort of, I don't have a, like as David says, another I, Well, I remember, I remember that at the time when, in, in whenever it was in 2000 something, when we were doing that, that Edinburgh show, I remember you talking about that. And I remember you, I sort of remember, like you, did you take a break after that? You stopped doing stand up because you were like, this isn't going where I wanted yeah, to. Yeah. And you took a break yeah. and then, I did something else or whatever, and then came back, and then that's when you started getting, you know, started getting on TV, started getting really successful. And I remember thinking that was so sort of brave to just stop doing the thing because it hadn't turned into what you wanted it to. Do you know what I mean? Well, I've always seen it as like, it was going a bit shit rather than like brave. I just sort of went, eh, not very good, is it? I love how this is turning on to Joe. Yeah, this isn't going half the yeah, way I wanted I it to I love how, what Joe was thinking when he got you on and how it's so <laughs> If we make sure you don't interrupt each other, I can split the audio of this. And be <laughs> How's my body language now? Because I feel like my posture's changed quite a lot. Well, you're like doing I've... that a lot. 
Well, in the I'm last also 10 minutes. sat in a way that I've never sat before. Genuinely, <laughs> I've crossed my legs. Is that you've lent in. You've lent in, but I don't know whether that's just and, and the I've mic got is... my hands like that, and I've never done that before. Oh, right. What's that about? This I is all my fears coming true. You're you're trying to that gesture is that, and this is like the the sort of to describe it to the listener, it's the sort of steeple gesture, except you sort of push the fingers into the crevices yeah. of the opposite hand, those yeah. into the, the knuckles. So. Um, I think that gesture is sort of like it's the, it's like a, a a pretentious gesture for looking at a painting in a gallery mixed with self defence, right? So you're you're thinking, but yeah, you're sort I'm of protecting to yourself. Feel like a, a a wanker, I think. <laughs> I do have that effect on people. <laughs> This is mad. Stuart, can this... I ask? Can I ask a question? Yeah. I, I should I should say the first episode of Chatterbix I ever listened to was the one where Joe, you were the surprise guest in live in person. And the first 15 minutes of the episode is just David cackling. And it's so confusing what, what as to what's do? going on. What it was when do? you turned up and we didn't explain what had happened. Oh fucking hell. The, it no, was yeah. it, that's the first episode I listened to. I was in tears. It was so funny. Obviously, I know you, and I was like, I wonder what I'm hearing a lot about the podcast. I wonder what they're up to. And it was literally David sort of tutting in silence of doing it. And then the second episode I listened to was the one where you listened back to that and commented on it. And I was like, this is the most kind of uh, hard work, you know, isn't it? I know. I loved it. I loved it. Because I find it really hard to listen to other comedy podcast right. interviews and it's kind of quite hard to watch other comedy sometimes because yeah. like it's a combination of yeah. feeling like it's a bit it's like work and i want to unwind mm. i want to watch a heist movie or a time travel mm. movie or sort of mean something yeah. that isn't comedy related and also probably there's a decent percentage of sort of greasy jealousy and i don't want to see other people <laughs> being you're so good at jealousy. saying that bit you could have oh, <laughs> do you reckon oh. you open up more no like it's it's good like do you reckon doing the podcast and having to be really honest has made you more honest in general conversations? Is, have you stolen that question from me? That's like, <laughs> that's so my brand. It's a great question, I've Joe. I've got a list um, of questions on it. <laughs> Let's have yeah. stew stew. Yeah. yeah. Um, do I, what was the question? Do I think that it's made me open up? Well, yes, definitely. Yeah, I, re I really do, definitely. Because Bix has for me, totally. Yeah, completely. me too, yeah. It's really yeah. helped. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I think I can, I, I see that happen to people like with radio shows with John and Ellis, when yeah. they were just like in you know, the early days of them doing the radio show, you, because you just have to talk constantly, mm. you can't help but be yourself. There's nothing to hide behind. Mm. So it's, it's done. It, it, Concom has done that to me to an extent, but as I said, I'm often very quiet on the podcast. I try to be invisible. I try to, you know, I remember hearing like the Marin, you know, when he like the guest to be about to say something and he'd crash in with his opinion. Now, his podcast is brilliant and millions and millions of people worldwide listen to it, partly because he stamps his personality onto it in a way that I don't. So maybe it's to my detriment. Maybe I'm just kind of scared of people not liking me. And so I kind of, I, I try and be invisible. But if, over 10 <laughs> years, it's grown it. into whatever it's grown into. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. I think I love it because it's your, it's your passion. Can you I say I mean? this is the most flattering thing I've ever done? No, I, I think thought I was going to cut. I didn't expect to talk about me. It's lovely, isn't it? It's a lovely <laughs> way to spend more, the morning. But without you asking us questions. It's lovely. <laughs> um, no, but I, I do listen. I, I weirdly go back and listen to some. I've got comfort apps. I go, oh, oh man. man. Yeah. Well, 
what I would say is I feel a lot of responsibility to everyone on the show that I have given a, forgive the expression, safe space. I make people, I try to make people comfortable and I say, what does it look like to you? The note I say to all my guests before we start recording is, my favourite bit, so when my guest says, oh, this is going to sound really pretentious. And oh, I go, yeah, I love go it when on. you go, you I get excited. It. I can hear it in I your voice. I love it because I want to know yeah. what the world looks like yeah. from in there, yeah. right, for yeah. them. And and I do recognise that on some level, when people open up, they make themselves vulnerable. Yeah. And it's easy from the outside to go, whoa, what does that person think of themselves? Yeah. But I really respect them for telling the truth about it. So yeah. Yeah. I am aware that some of the things, and there are there are episodes I've heard where there's a, a, a guest in particular who was, uh, all I'll give you is they were American. And, and they... Um, they just, they was, it's not Bill Burr, I'm going to flag that as well. He he was quite abrasive and what have you, but there was an American guest. And um, and I was really kind of offended by, they were just really rude and dismissive of me at one particular bit. But even then, I do, like, I'm asking them to share and give of themselves. Mm. So I can't sort of indulge in the no. scurrilous kind of like, no, this is awful. wasn't this person a joke? And there was a very famous person I met who is... Um, a big fan of the show. And the first thing they said to me, I said, oh, apparently you're a big fan of the show. And they said, yeah, that fucking episode with so-and-so, eh? And I was a bit crestfallen. I was a bit like, yeah. oh. they're my babies, right? And, 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 and they have been kind enough to genuinely give of themselves. And yeah. sometimes, yes, of course, part of me goes, Really? But you Crikey. must be licking your lips, Stuart. Honestly, the ones that I really love, you know in a gig where you, you see someone in the front row and they've folded their arms and you think they're going to fucking hate this and you win them. Yeah. I have a similar thing with, and it's so satisfying because you turned them around. I have a similar thing with a guest of the last six months, let's say, who I went into it thinking... God, I don't know about this. They seem a bit fake or they seem a bit up themselves. And I'll be, and every, you will have heard me if you've heard lots of the show. Sometimes I come up against someone who is really entrenched in their view of themselves. And I, my, my self appointed job yeah. is to challenge them on their preconceptions love. of themselves. What I love. Yeah, I'm just, me too. And sometimes they go, no, 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 you've got that wrong. I'm just like this. And I think, well, you're, you're not, are you yeah, really? And yeah. I feel I can see through it, but who knows? Yeah. There was someone in the last six months who, I went into it thinking, oh, I don't know if I, um, I don't know if I even, like part of me is like, oh God, either they're going to admit X, Y, Z or they're not. Yeah. And I came out of it thinking, I have totally the wrong impression of them. Right. I've, I've done a total 180 on them. What an yeah. absolute, you know, humble and thoughtful. Yeah. And actually it made me readjust my preconceptions of them from watching mm -hmm. their stuff and going, well, I know who you are. I know why you've made that decision. And then suddenly I'm in danger of kind of reflecting inwards going, Oh, it is just, you know, if I see something that I think is like a bit of someone's set seems a bit contrived or a fake mistake, or, you know, I'm very yeah. good at pointing out other people's fake mistakes. And I fucking do them time to time, you know, um, <laughs> but I, I'll go, oh, I don't buy it. You're, you're particularly mm. people who are like my brand is that I, sh I bear my soul. And you go, well, you're not because yeah. of this. Or my brand mm. is I'm authentic. And you go, well, you're not because it, that's contrived. Mm. So I never know how much of me thinking that about an act is you know, it's all worth talking about and challenging someone on. You may be right, may be wrong, but I never know how much of it just boils down to jealousy because they're, you know, they're, they're holding your, court. Your you battle know. with yourself is is some of the, not fun, I would say, but you're, <laughs> you know what I mean? You sort of, you, you go around little 
mazes with yourself, don't you? You know what I mean? Oh, Off yeah. the back of it, and you yeah. go, oh, maybe I don't do enough of this, or maybe I do too much of it, and then you yeah. sort of project all this. And it's... Well, I think that's the joy of it, is that you're basically voicing what we're all thinking. Yeah, it's great. And you go, thank maybe you. Maybe I'm just jealous. Or whatever, and you go, yeah, yeah. you'll get jealous. It's my mate Hamish. I've got Aussie mate Hamish, and he said to me years ago, he said, "Oh yeah, you you like to give yourself a hard time, don't you?" And and at the time, it's still fifteen years ago, and I kind of went, it was almost like a badge of honour, like, yeah, yeah, I do. I'm really tough on myself. And now I'm like, no, he's right. I've wasted a lot of time feeling bad and overthinking things when I didn't need to. Yeah. Some things you shouldn't talk about. Some things. Some things you shouldn't talk about. Some things get the show. Get the show, baby girl. You don't have to talk about everything that's going on in your life. Oh, yeah. You don't have to talk about everything that's going on in your life. the purpose of it is to work out how to do it because that was the start wasn't it like work out how to do it is content. it fuck <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you think david what that response? <laughs> yeah what do you think my what pays the mortgage the of it is now <laughs> pays the mortgage that helps <laughs> that was so uh, defensive david come on let, not some funny answers let's have some well i think it's <laughs> to feel less alone on the planet that's that's part of it. Hanging out with friends. You said yeah. that. That's interesting because I there's an interesting <laughs> I didn't think I was gonna talk about this. There's an interesting um element of that whereby that is a very Stuart Goldsmith way to do something, in the sense that right. I have overdone and formalized a, a structure in order to hang out with as many friends as possible <laughs> rather than sitting down so you're, and having you're a nice cup a hard of tea time about with, that, an, with an actual friend. Yeah, but do you know what I mean? What I don't do, because I'm a bit of a workaholic and I've got, I don't know if it's ADHD or not, but I've got a very busy brain and I drive myself really hard because I'm terrified I'm not good enough at anything and everything. And so what I do is I don't make time to sit and hang out with my friends. That's part of what I love about this. Your dynamic in your show is how just kind of like, it's just, it's just sort of, I don't know, it, like you might spend 10 minutes just talking about a fly in the background or something. And, and it's glorious and bonding and worth something, but I never let myself relax into those moments and i'm always i'm always the guy at edinburgh who checks in how you doing guys how you doing oh, great to see you let's have a pint i've got a gig i've got to go and do another podcast i've got to go and do a thing and i just blast through everything and i'm terribly afraid at the end of my life i'll go well i got through that <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> rather bloody than... brilliant final last line though that was yeah. incredible <laughs> yeah Front rather than cranky. actually stopping and spending time with people so although the podcast does I share intimate kind of moments after a fashion with, with people and I get to know them a bit. There's always this funny thing where I'm like, some newer actors sometimes, and I say newer now within the last kind of 10 years, you know, hmm. are excited to be on it. 
and then yeah. they're on it. And afterwards, yeah. it's a bit like we've had sex then and they're no longer into... they fucked me now and they don't need to chat to me anymore. I'm like, oh, yeah. I, I thought we'd built a thing. And, oh, okay, yeah, sure, sure. It was, it was, just, a, it was just a podcast, wasn't it? No, sure. <laughs> Which guest were you most intimidated by before, before meeting? Before? Or walking into the room with them? Well, before... Um, uh, it's really hard for me to remember who's been on it. Let me look okay. at a list of all the guests. Um, uh, which I mean, I there are times when I'm sat, we're sat opposite guests. I'm like, I can't believe they're sharing their time. With I us. loved it. when Alistair Campbell came on, and the first thing Joe said was like, "What's your fucking problem?" or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> so I had my back up at that point. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It's often not. It's not the status of the guests okay. so much as if we've had any kind of encounter beforehand oh, and probably. i feel like normally if you've met them and you're like oh like the best thing that can happen is i clock someone like it's a live not a live or like it's i'm meeting them face to face rather than on zoom and the best thing that can happen is if we gig together the other night because then i'm not freaking out the biggest thing I, i've probably said this on the show i fear that i'm going to get caught out not having done my homework okay. i feel like a guest is going to say to me i, I feel like i'm going to say to someone and have you ever thought about writing a movie? And they're going to say, I won a nommy. Uh, nommy. I got nominated for an Emmy yeah. for, for writing a movie. You fucking idiot. Why don't you know about me? Yeah, I'm that would worry me. I'm mortally afraid yeah. that that's going to happen. Then, but then I'd think, well, there'd be a bit of an arsehole if they got the hump of you for not They something. would, but when it's just me and them, I would crumple and be like... <laughs> like so, I just, and I, yeah, you I do it on your own, don't you? Fuck, yeah, see? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I've always done it. It's like, I'm thinking is, I never bullied, I, I was never bullied at school, but I was so scared of being bullied that I sort of bullied myself. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I just kind of walked around in fear, just yeah. in case. Yeah. You, know? you went to Dartington, didn't you? With Naomi? Yes. Yes, I did. I did, of course, yeah. yeah. Were you went to yeah, what? Yeah, yeah. Went to what? Dartington. It's a wacky hippie art college up a hill, or used to be up a hill yeah. in Devon. doesn't exist anymore. Were you in the same, were you a bit older? But is that where the crystal plot? Dartington yes, it's, where the, it's like just up the road from where the Crystal, Devon, North Devon. Devon. Yeah. yeah. Or South Devon. South Devon. Um, South Devon. Um, yes, I went there. I graduated in 2000. What is it, an, okay. art, an art college? It was an arts college. I did a course in devised theatre. So it was like really, it was as mad and head exploring as a course could be. There were people who were like, you know, they'd cut open a, a dead rabbit and they'd, they'd pull out a poem from inside it. Or they'd um, right up, you know, cast, what was her name? Emma, my friend Emma cast, she made a cast of her vulva and then vacuum formed the cast and then used it as a mould to make chocolate puddings in it and then laid it out in front of the examining board and said, there we go, eat my pussy. Did she pass? Did she? <laughs> she said that. <laughs> because it's, because it's art, right? So like day one, they get you in and they basically go, Fail. we're here to help you be an artist. There are no rules. You can do, I mean, they didn't really say this, but it became clear this was a plan. You know, the idea was like, we don't know what's right and wrong. It's art. Fucking yeah. do, do anything and, work, and come up with a system for yourself to decide whether or not it's good enough. Yeah. Like, what is it like? God, they should have said this on day one. I think I've summed it up better than the three-year course. They, you know, it's like, <laughs> no rules. Only your opinion about your art counts. You yeah. can fit it, you know, have some sort of sense of inquiry and some sense of what the thing is. You know, and all the people they showed us, we had a, a talk from this guy called Gustav Metzger, who was massive in the 60s, who did protest art. And his big thing that he got famous for was he painted pictures in acid, so they disintegrated within an hour. And he was a big protest guy. And he came in and gave a talk and he said, the main thing you've got to do is pencil drawing. 
You just have to learn to be doing brilliant pencil drawings. And of course, we're on a bunch of dancers yeah. and fucking circus dropouts <laughs> on mushrooms. And we were like, we're not going to learn to draw. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so that was that was Dartington. But, um, but it, I suppose in retrospect, it was useful because I am between that and the kind of street performing background. I think I can talk to anyone about any, any yeah. level of art, no matter how elite or earthy it is. That's something we should talk about, the street performing and how oh, you... Oh, <laughs> yeah, we can if you like. <laughs> but I like how... You can have two burning questions about street performing no, and I'm, I, I'm done. <laughs> I like it when you bring up street performing and then you've got to either you say the thing about the drinking game. I'll if you're, if you're drink, yeah. If you're playing the com-com drinking game or or you're really down at yourself because you're talking about it again. And I'm going, oh, here, we here we go. He's going to have a little pop at himself. I'm all, I loved it. <laughs> I loved it. And I'm proud of it. I just worry that I bore people by talking about it. Well, because thing, I've the, got the sort of fan base of the podcast who feel very happy to let me know that I'm boring and I'm talking about it. Oh, really? About. <laughs> well, it's not that they're aggressive. The relationship I have with my fans with a very small F is that, um, you know, if you have got a mate, and you introduce them to another mate, or like your brother. You've got your brother and you've got a mate and they've never met and they get on and they start bullying you in a friendly fun where they start oh, taking the piss out of you. Yeah, I, I feel like that's the relationship yeah. I have with certain elements of my my fan base. Because you're you're very you've built up a quite, quite, low quite interesting the way the way you've done it. Because you've had you've had you've always done loads of interaction with your what do you call yes. you've got a name for them, haven't you? Have you got a I name for you? So. No, there was a few names, but they all sounded too too much like the what the fucker Ecans kind of thing. Yeah, so like yeah. ComCom pedestrians, a ComCom pod. You know, we never came up with one. Really. Um, but you've always engaged with them quite a lot, haven't you? You've always sort of. Oh yeah. And so yeah, I have, and I I like I really enjoy that. Like you know, I want everyone to be my friend, right? So I'm uh, and, and I'm really honest, and I'm forever saying things on the podcast that I forget I've said, and then people bring them up, and I'm like, oh, I've been quite honest over the years, haven't I? You know, um, <laughs> um, but I just I think it's a, the medium of podcasting. Back when I were a, a fledgling ten years ago, it was so unusual and magical that your voice would go into one person's mm. ear whilst they're doing something else. You're really so quite I always, early, weren't you? I always, yeah, exactly, yeah. I always refer to the listener, and I always say you yeah and because i like that i just get a bit of a buzz out of the fact that lots of people have a really intimate connection with it because the show isn't often funny it's sort of thinky and what have you i like that and as a result i get quite i've got like a small number of pretty sticky kind of yeah. sticky people i do you know what Stuart? i must thank you for making the podcast because when i was mm. gardening <laughs> I'd, I'd probably download four or five and yours was one of them oh and it was you. The fact it existed, I was like, this is an mm. absolute joy. And, I, still um, feel, I still have that. I'll go, I'll go and do a bit of... Yeah, and you think, you think of how many, um, how many podcasts come and go. You just sort of don't... Uh, but yours has stuck around. It's been it's excellent. Well, yeah. I'm, be I'm beaming. Thank you. you what Thank percentage... You. I wonder what percentage of comedians listen to it. I'd say it's in the 80s. 80s <laughs> I mean, I was back in the Dan <laughs> Evans no day. Back, back yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, was he episode two? Yeah, oh, Rob Deering won. <laughs> Sarah Very Minikin. good. Sarah Very good. No, no, Deering. Deering was first. Antipolsky. Antipolsky was third. Antipolsky, yeah, yeah. I remember where I was. Evans to that. was second then. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Dan Evans. I was, was back in those days, son. Yeah. I listened to those. <laughs> I listened back to those and I, I sometimes go, they don't know what they're part of yet. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what what Big Fry they yeah. are. They're just having a chat. They've got no idea yeah. this is going to so be. So why won't you come on it? 
Neil, David. Can I ask you again? Could I, either of you? I would, you've got so much to look back on, so much to reflect on. And also, crucially, you are now secure and successful in a way that maybe you were less am, so when I first I am not you. secure. I'll tell you that for nothing. I, it's it's well, the letting myself down thing. It's the letting myself down. And when I say letting myself down, coming away going, why did I open up? Well, do you know when Matt Ewins did it, he had a piece of paper next to him with things written on it like, don't say anyone's name. I can't quite tell this story, but someone gave me a bit of advice saying, <laughs> it was about this other thing, basically saying, if you, if you come off away from that conversation and you've done that, you've lost. And it was made okay. sense. And that sort of sticks, and they were right in that situation. I know yours is different, but I think that's how I'd feel. I'd go, fuck, if, I've, if I open up. Okay. Uh, I've got, two, I've got two counter offers. The first is Cash. you can have editorial control. You can decide what goes in it and what doesn't. Whew, bloody Very short, nice. bloody short app that would be. Happy with that? The second thing, <laughs> and I've only offered this. Hiding. I've only offered this to one of the. I person, don't know two, what I'm hiding. That's the problem. <laughs> Genuinely, and there's a fuck of a lot down there. That's what all <laughs> I know. <laughs> what's, sorry, what's or the sorry? Or the other, the other thing is we can record it, and I won't release it until you're dead. So not released for two years. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Oh, I can't. <laughs> I mean, that's more of a thought experiment than an offer. You may very well outlive me, but like, would that work? Oh, God, honestly, why are we not talking at David? This is what's going through my head. I honestly don't. I some, I'll tell you what I think. I, I, as I've said a hundred times, I adore your podcast. But I just go, I cannot imagine having to answer that. Like sometimes, and I know I've said corners and stuff and it didn't like that, but, but you sure, basically yeah, yeah. say to someone, no, like, and they are my favourite bits where you go, no, and, and you are always right. That's the what thing. What is the question, go, Joe? What is the question that would... Oh, yeah. I can't remember them, but I meant, like it will be, and I'm, I'm trying to be as honest as I can because I'm looking at Stuart Goldsmith. But I go... Oh my God, he's absolutely right. That person, I want to know what that person's really thinking because I don't think they're being truthful. But they obviously don't want to say that because they don't want to open up. But there's like a lose lose for them now <laughs> because if they don't open up, I'm the listener going, Carol, mate, can open up. And if they open up, I'd be, and it'd be me, I'd be going, What? No, 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 don't say this. <laughs> and that's that's what's going on in my head. And and I okay. want all that to be very, very much under lock and key. And why is it that you want that? Here why do you think? Is... <laughs> <laughs> what, see, that's like facing my funny, Tyson. as a listener, you reacting to Stuart like that is so frustrating. <laughs> it is. It's like, oh, don't play that game, Joe. Either go on the podcast and open up or don't go on the podcast. All right, I'm not going to go on the podcast because I just don't want to open up. Yeah. Okay, over to, to David. Over to David. Yeah. Will you come on the podcast, please? You've got a fantastic movie, the BAFTA nomination. Congratulations to that. It's a wonderful piece yeah, of work. Yeah, yeah. And I can, I can interview you <laughs> just about the movie because I've got loads of questions about the movie. Right. But I also would love to talk to I want to, to know you. about everything else. Well, that's it. I, don't, I never go into it thinking I'm going to get into this person's private life. But I love... I was crying with laughter when you did that Gittin show with the bear suit and the, and the Dorothy Perkins bit. And I just like... I want to just get in your mind and go, what's that bit? And how's that? Like the bit in Brian and Charles where he goes, lovely, well, it's lovely, Stuart. I'll be that honest magical, with you. That magical, that one moment in Brian and Charles where he goes, well, his spleen's working. And we just glimpse the magic with that lit up 
that one little moment of like, boom, that's like a nod towards what must be going on inside Charles. I want to do that with you. And I've got to, come on, what, how did you get there? How did you dare? How did you, how are you brave enough to try that? Get from there to there before I can say Dorothy Perkins. And oh Christ, I was laughing. <laughs> so I, so why don't you come on it? We'll talk about your movie. I'll tell you what, this is how I'm feeling right now. I feel a lot more comfortable about the idea of coming on than I, than I would have 10 years ago. I worry, what am I worrying about? that it's just the same old crap you must hear all the time from people. I'm not interesting enough. I haven't got enough insight. People, most people don't tell me the reasons why they don't want to come on. So this is oh, fascinating. Okay. Yeah, people either say yes or they decline and they fudge it another reason. We've spoken about this, Stuart, and I don't know if it'll go in. You, we, you want it in, but... Types of pe- there's types of answers you get or types of people that eat. some people want to come on, some people don't want to come on. You, you, sort of, you said there was like definite sort of brackets of people, wasn't there? You know what I mean? When you asked them or... Yes, yes, I suppose, yeah. I remember we spoke about it years ago. There's like, because I remember you going, I fall in the bracket of no way. And then there's yeah. people that really want to come on. I can't remember what you but it was like... I don't... I'm not sure. Yeah, some people want to come on because it's just something they've heard of, and yeah. some people want to come on because they want to submit to the process and see what comes yeah, out. Yeah, and yeah. some people come yeah. on and they've already written their, all their answers in their head, you know, because they think they know themselves, God. and that's really... That's oh. Yeah. Oh. That's, those are the best <laughs> yeah. ones, right? Because those prepared answers aren't truthful. True. And, and you're going, no, 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 no. Yeah. I'm also, I'm also asking myself, well, why do you want to go on, David? Like, this could be a fucking big spiral suddenly. I'm no, this is like <laughs> what you want to show off again. This is why we feel this right. Stop showing off. That and is stay a... at home. <laughs> <laughs> but you can stay at home. We could do it remote. At the end of yes. this call, Joe could jump off and we'll just do one straight away. Oh, yes. <laughs> Put it out this afternoon as well. This is like, right, why why do you why? Well, it's nice to be asked, isn't it? It's like, oh, hello. I have Very to admit, nice. when you come on, me, you come on, my lowly little thing. No, I mean, it's not, it must be nice to be asked. It must be nice to be asked. But it's surely nice you asked. know, like, you no, no, know. No, no, how... I'm not being the genuine. It's nice to be asked. Oh, I mean, sure. It's okay. nice to be asked, you know, how's your morning by the milkman? Literally anything's <laughs> nice. Not that he does, but. <laughs> you can but dream. <laughs> yeah. I'm just trying to work out what am I thinking. I was like, why do you want to go? Why do I want to? What is that? Part of me that wants I to think talk, talking about how you do it feels a bit embarrassing. That's but also, also it's a conversation that you don't often necessarily get to have. Like mm. you can talk about, like it, it's a kind of, you know, the way if you ever have therapy, it's basically the, the relationship there is the therapist goes, feel free now to talk about stuff without being judged at all, mm. probably for the first time in your life. Mm-hmm. And I think in a, a lesser but parallel kind of way, I think my podcast is an opportunity to go, feel free to be as pretentious as you want to be talking about the thing to which you've devoted your life. Yeah. Like, let's have a big conversation about your influences and your development and what you got and what you expected to get and didn't and how you cope with that. Yeah. Uh, do you know what? There's a bit of me that goes, stop taking yourself so seriously, David. Just go on the podcast and talk. Who gives a shit? Yeah, but... Who cares? In, in that moment... Joe, 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 he's going to go for it. Don't fuck this up. Who cares? <laughs> but, no, but I know what will happen for both so of us. Stop taking yourself so seriously, Joe, and just go on the podcast. But no both way. of us will have a moment. If you caught us at a moment for 
whatever reason, it'd be we'd have that moment we go, just stop taking Sarah and go on Stuart podcast. Uh, go on Stuart Goldsmith's podcast. Then a couple of days later, be like, what on earth have I just agreed to? Because I'm it's in a different like frame that. of mind. It's that's not like what, that because that's the what thing I is- feel. That's that's my truth. <laughs> <laughs> you have heard <laughs> loads of the shows and you're remembering the bits where people were most vulnerable and thinking, yeah, that'll be what my one's like. Yeah, and but I it won't necessarily. There, there are plenty of ones where people aren't particularly vulnerable. They just have an interesting conversation about, they're just honest. And you guys are both great at being honest. Oh, no, but I'm just, you know, I'd be like, <laughs> I'm trapped. I'm trapped, interpret, mummy. Interpret this. I was, not that I was so anxious about coming on this show, but I was excited I'm very excited about it. You know, it's lovely to go on a thing that you love. And uh, and I, I haven't seen you guys for ages. Mm. I haven't had a proper conversation with you for ages because that's another mad thing about comedy is when you're going through certain phases of it, you think, mm. it is always like this. You don't think, oh, God, this is it happening now. I'd better kind of collect yeah. it all. So yeah. comedy, my comedy experience is just full of seeing people, you know, being friendly with people and going, oh, we're getting on. And then the circuit revolves and you go, I haven't seen him for three years. And yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, just, everything's life's so different, true, you know. It's so true. I remember thinking probably first five years, I probably saw you once a fortnight probably, or yeah. once a month minimum. Yeah. It's so weird. And you just go, oh, that's the way that is. Yeah. And then, and, and then that's nuts. We're still doing it. Yeah. Mm, why would it be nuts? Uh, yeah, well, I just think of the people that sort of fell by the wayside, but they just decide not to, or, for and, and you don't, and we've always spoken about it. You don't actually never, you never see them leave. They just stop. No. Because when no. they die, when they die, you just hear that they're dead now. Mm. <laughs> I wasn't going to go down that route, Stu, but your choice. <laughs> I'm obsessed with it. I'm obsessed with death. Every I'll say me, Stuart. I'll come on and talk about death. So the cows come on. <laughs> every time I see, every time I see a photo of myself, every time my wife takes a picture of me and the kids, my first thought is, I imagine in the future them looking back at that picture after I'm dead, and I assess the picture from whether or not I think it sums up who I actually am, Christ. and whether they'll remember like a real right. version of me. Do you know what I think, Stuart? <laughs> laying on my deathbed final final breaths maybe a couple of days ago not even a couple of days ago I'm talking two minutes to go be just about <laughs> conscious and your children have stood around you they're about 30 odd and you're going I've got to say goodbye now <sighs> and uh, <laughs> yeah that must be painful <laughs> I think there's a way <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think there's a way round that oh help me I think my wife has an incredible attitude to death. She's, her dad died um, maybe 10 years ago or so, and she dealt with it the best I've ever seen a human being deal with the death of a parent. She has, ju- and, and partly informed by that, I'm sure, we have always brought up our kids to understand that death is a thing. And the way my son would talk about it when he would watch the, you know, have you seen Kung Fu Panda? The great no, underappreciated no, no, no. franchise. The, those three movies are incredible. They're incredible. And um, the in the first one, Master Ugwe, who's the old venerable turtle that you know is the kind of source of kung fu in the story, um, he he dies. And the way he dies is he sort of disappears and he turns into petals of this tree, and then the petals blow up into the night sky and turn into stars. So my son, all, he kind of had this idea of sooner or later you turn into stars. So you know that th- that way of thinking about death, which is that you we cu- you know there was a time before we were alive and we were fine yeah. then. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, you know, like we didn't think about it because we were just dust, and we'll be dust again, and we won't think about it. Like you I won't can't ex- get over that goodbye. 
But I think if you, that bit out, if you prepare your children for the idea that every I moment is... care about what they're going <laughs> Well, you won't care about you dying because you'll be dead. You'll be too you're... busy trying to pull the arrow out. <laughs> yeah. You'll be too busy looking at which one of them poisoned you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I know what you mean, and it, it feels unbearably sad. But given that it is inevitable, I think there is a, a real power or authority over it by accepting it, mm. I think. Mm. I think. I and, think. Then, and then, sorry, the, <laughs> the end of that, that concept about the Kung Fu Panda thing is that um, years later, we were talking about his great-granny, Omar, who's Dutch, his great-granny died. Um, and he said, great granny is not around anymore, is she? Omar's not around. And he said, no, she, he, he said, she died. And we said, yes, he says, that's right. Uh, she turned into stars. And he said, yes, and then died. <laughs> and we thought, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. God. Oh, we've made David sad. No, I'm genuine. I'm like this all the time, Stuart, behind yeah, me. Yeah, try doing a podcast. This is what your day. episode with me would be like. We should be looking at each other. That's okay. <laughs> That's we, I think Stuart That's will be fine. fine. <laughs> <laughs> I think part of him will be going, fucking hell, come on, David, give me something, son. Fucking David, hell. do you make so much stuff because you're scared of death? Um, do you make stuff as legacy? Do you create Yeah, I things? definitely need to leave my mark, like scrawl my name on the wall, yeah. That's, that, I, I totally understand that. I yeah. feel like I don't. Like that right. doesn't occur to me because I think – the people who can see that mark will then die and yeah. everyone they know will die. And so I just think that that thing, it only, the idea of legacy only lasts a couple of hundred years. Even yeah, if you're no, Alexander the Great, it only lasts a few thousand. It's, 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 you know, it's partly that and it's partly, it's definitely parents. It's definitely that. It's definitely oh, well, us going, being parents? No. no go, parents. You being a, it's definitely oh, your parents. Hello. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely that. What do you mean? What do you mean by, I don't quite understand. Yeah, what I don't know. Well, as in, uh, like my son bringing me a picture of a something he's drawn at school. It's that. Oh, you want to do the same to your parents? I think so. Your I parents are both part, alive, I lost and my you want dad to say, "Look, I've, year, I've made a movie." Yeah, I lost my dad this year, and I've realised. Oh, what's the point of doing anything if I can't? Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. partly that. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I giggled. Oh, he giggled at me losing my dad. No, no, because it went quiet and I have, <laughs> you know what I'm like in silence. Do you know what I nearly said when you just, it, it was quiet just before you giggled. I nearly said, Big Bong, in the voice of Charles <laughs> Petrescu. Because yeah. I, I was showing them the clips from the movie in yeah. this morning. And uh, and it's just so, it's so gentle. His voice is so, yeah. it's so perfect. And I remember Charles from the Brian Gittins and Friends podcast. And your merciless bullying, David yeah. Edwards. Well, we did it. The Matt funniest things I've ever heard. Uh, um, I just remember listening to the podcast and just loving hearing you bully David Edwards. And five more. Me and my wife do that to each other. If I say yeah. something funny, she's like, do three more. Come on. <laughs> He's <laughs> Stop a genius. Pointing. He's a genius. Yeah. And it sort of annoys me that people don't know him. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Have you got your parents, Stuart? What's that? You got both parents? You got yes, both parents? I've got both parents. Um, mm. My dad lives in Spain and we get on with each other really, really well. And we only ring each other if we need something. So I'll, and it fosters a really good relationship because I'll yeah. just text him a picture of a DIY thing I've just fucked up. Or, uh, you know, uh, I'll, I'll just text him and go, right, I've got this problem. What do I need to do with this? And he'll give me a really solid answer and then it'll end up being a chat. Yeah. And my mum is in uh, the Midlands 
and um she is uh uh she, i think she's she i can't really say anything about her because i don't think she likes to be talked about on things no. but i love i love her very and much she's a big chatter she, biscuit she's a huge chatter she biscuit. Is, she's, she's a gold member she's got fair. the t-shirt she's got the one t-shirt she's on tomorrow <laughs> made talk about this <laughs> <laughs> We're going to analyze yeah. this set with her. She, she. What I will say is, she uh, catastrophizes. I think she, she would admit that. And I, and I take all mothers. After, well, I think so, mm. maybe. But like, I take after my dad's practicality and get roll up your sleeves and do the thing and, and slog. And I also take after my mum's kind of, oh God, it's all such a bloody mess. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. But I, so I've never, I've never lost any of them. And I have to, for all of my sort of airy fairy thoughts about death and turning into petals and stars, I haven't, I've been so lucky. I've lost my granny and, and I haven't lost many other people very close to me. Mm. But I certainly remember when we were mid pandemic, when, when Sean Locke died and, you know, even when like Rick Mayle died years earlier. And there's that kind of, you think of the legacy people have. And what happens is the person dies the fan base and people who know them and knew them and what have you die they they get on facebook <laughs> and they make a, they they celebrate that person and it's like a wake on social media and i yeah. really loved and appreciated that i can't i don't like social media but i'm very addicted to various forms of it but that the wake of someone's death and everyone sharing stories and even now you'll get those lovely things that go around and like this is what rick mail wrote in my birthday card 20 years ago he's like you fucking prick and he's crossed out oh, i love you yeah all of that stuff that legacy i think is absolutely brilliant but then that passes and then the people who actually knew them, they've got the real kind of mm. you know when cogs died you know cogs is that i really felt that because i knew him um but his family kind of like they almost have to put up with everyone feeling like they know the person right, yeah whereas really they know the person it's just that everyone else knows the the output and the public face of the person when do you think will be the last time your name is mentioned or uttered I couldn't care less. I don't. No, care. I'm just interested how long it takes before it vanishes. Well, the podcast will give me a certain amount of. No, I mean longevity. You're gone. No, that's what, what I mean. At what point? Who said? Who says your name? Your great grandchildren? Your great great grandchildren? Oh. Who's the last person to? Oh well, I think we've got two hundred years left. Top two hundred. Yeah. Yeah. I think humanity's extinct in two hundred years, probably. Yeah. Oh, I see what you mean. Okay. Did you know also yeah. that? I met an undertaker, and he said you only get gravestones for 40 years. What? Do you? Explain what you mean. They take them away, aren't they? There's, I live near a graveyard, and there's way older than graveyards. They old, the old ones are there now because you don't want they, that's how the graveyard looks. You know, they're almost for show. Yeah. But when you get a grave, when you get your grave, you get it for 40 years because that's how long they reckon no one's going to be looking at you coming to visit you after 40 years so then they get dug out again and someone else gets popped in there uh, get your head around this that this is called the Stuart Goldsmith effect <laughs> <laughs> this has taken every I have only I've never cried this much in a podcast yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't yeah. know I feel like I shut down your uh, your comic premise Dave about when's the last or your no it's not, not I was just chatting to someone about it and I thought it's probably about maybe 120 years Show 120 off. years you reckon after 120 your death years? But my point is well I talk I've mentioned my great grandparents oh I thought you meant like oh yeah but my great 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 don't know who they are yeah but that's how it's, I mean, I think yeah. that's how it's supposed to be, isn't it? It's perfect. It's like that thing of like um, a bird flies through the darkness and it flies through the window of like a Viking 
you know, a, a kind of carousing hall, and the bird flies in from absolute blackness to constant light and chaos and noise, like and then this, flies out the window at the other end. I like that. This, and I think you do it? a lot of these in your podcast, and I immediately feel thick. Because <laughs> you oh, say well, something like that, it. and I go, I'll go through the whole of my life and never say as anything as elegant as that. Oh, that, well, I didn't come up with that. But, no, but no, I but think, you learnt it. I think every time I mention a thing like that, I probably couch it in, you know, it's like that thing, because I'm terrified that someone, if I say, like, I think, I think what it is is I'm scared that that other people know way more about it and will think that I'm yeah. kind of patronising or being up myself yeah. or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. You mentioning the Rick Mail birthday card thing, I have definitely, when I've if I've had to sign something for like an autograph for a Derek or something, I've definitely thought, let's be a little bit quirky here in case when I die. <laughs> in the hope that this will one day do yeah. the rounds. I've imagined doing a book signing, right? And, uh, and thought, how often would I change what i say in it i think you know you like if, like so someone someone you're oh, doing okay, a book okay. signing and i go i've i think of something you know like i like your t-shirt joe or whatever yeah and then how well, many of those i would differ- exhausting. Yeah. <laughs> that would be exhausting that would be crazy. <laughs> that, but i want to do enough that the people if they've come together they all get different ones that's is that weird <laughs> when i was 16 I was at Edinburgh, I was, at, I was in the Pleasance Courtyard and I was 16 years old and I saw Tim Vine talking to Harry Hill mm. and I was all excited wow. and starstruck and I went up and I met Harry Hill and I did a giddy sort of teenager thing and he wrote me an autograph. I still got it somewhere, I don't know where it is, but I'd never thrown it away. Um, he wrote an autograph saying, Dear Stu, glad to finally meet you, oh. Harry Hill. And I was just, something about that That's altered lovely. my personality. I was like, oh. <gasps> I understand what class is now. Oh, I mean, it was a, that, such a, what a gift. What a funny, funny gift, you know? Stuart, wh- which comedians have you not had on who you're desperate to have a chat I'm with? I'm desperate to have Harry Hill. Harry Hill wrote me such a lovely email of declining. I'm desperate to have Harry Hill. I Mostly, I, 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 I'm, I've broken a rule there. I don't normally tell people who's declined because okay. I, I sort of don't think it's polite. But there are people I would love to have had Sean Locke on. I think Sean Locke's comedy mind was... Where the the Shawnock bit I think of is the <laughs> surf turf burrow and orchard. Have you heard that? It's like it's like it's um it was I don't know it's a punchline to a bit you know what you don't or or you know carrot in a box mm. or um or uh, uh, his bit when he's talking about there's a particular bit of his I mean everything in fifteen stories high um, mm. there's a particular stand up bit of his when he's talking about so I'm sat there <laughs> I'm sat there trying to put keys on a fob. And suddenly the doorbell rings, and I'm like, "What am I, a fucking octopus?" And I just, you know, things like that. He's he's yeah. someone whose comic imagination really penetrated mm. into mine. I just so I would love to have had Sean Locke on. Same, but Harry Hill for me, I was just like, don't know. I'd love to get Harry on, but he's you know, he just doesn't want to talk about it. I met Harry Enfield. I did a gig with Harry Enfield, and said, "Oh, yeah, I'd love you to do this uh, do this podcast." He went, "Oh, I'll never do that. I don't, I don't like I don't like talking about it." And it was certainly cheery, you know, and and lovely. And I went, "Yeah, fair, fair enough." I've yeah. done so many people now. That a lot of, I mean, the 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 Venn diagram for who I can ask next has to be enough of a body of work upon which to reflect, right? right? Oh, They're not super new. There's lots of new people wanting to be on it. You've got to wait because they'll be better later. So how long? How what's the how many years? Oh, it? like rule of thumb is three hours. If they've done three hours of stand up, like, like three they, shows, they, they, yeah, three shows. Yeah. Then they've got a bit, you know, minimum sort of, but yeah. the longer the better. Um, and uh, so that's one of them. 
uh, they have to be up for it. Yeah. So so there are there are a number of kind of rules of thumb as to as to who could be on it. But I've asked so many people. I've had so many people on it. There are some brilliant, brilliant Americans I'd love to get on it. But, you know, when I started being in, invited on a podcast was quite an unusual, quirky thing. And now it's oh, like if an American lands and I'd yeah. love to get Mike Babiglia on the show. I've met him. We've talked about it. But as soon as the notices go up of like Babigs is coming to London, I imagine him and his management get 50 podcasters in London going, can you come so, be on my show? So there was a time that was much easier. Yeah, you were you were quite yeah, unique. And, and I'm yeah. niche, right? I don't yeah. have a, I don't have a I don't have a Chatterbix style following. I've never knocked um, rest his politics off the top thing. You know, I used to be in the top 50 and now I'm sort of in the top. Every so often, I'll do the top 100 for comedy, maybe, and I'll bob in and out of it or somewhere like that, you know. But now, if I, to get people on, basically, the the offer is, here is a really reasoned and intelligent and hopefully perceptive conversation that you'll come out of thinking, God, that's a good one. Mm. But it's not the same as, come and be on my show and you'll shift 50 books or 5,000 uh -huh. books or whatever. You know, I yeah. don't like, so So it's, you know, I'm, the, the value that I'm offering You, you need fans different. to come on, don't you, really? You know, like that helps if someone's a fan of the show. Uh, yeah, or, or if, if the fan of the show is the PR person and they're saying, you'd love this one. Right. This one's mm -hmm. different. But what I can't do is go, hey, come on this because I've got a bajillion followers and you're going to be downloaded all over the place. You should do. should have bajillion followers. I love it. favorite interviews of yours how do i word this without <laughs> uh, stand-up comedians who are on the circuit who either are frustrated mm -hmm. with being on the circuit or are happy with their lot on the circuit but the fact that they just exist no podcast no tv no radio they just yeah. do it round i'm fascinated by that world yeah yeah there are, um, absolutely who can headline a club and do really well and yeah yeah. yeah, and either either didn't have the ambition, yeah. or or all the ambition was to be happy. Yeah. and I always think, do you remember Matt Welcome? 
Yes. Yeah. Did he he, he, he stopped doing it, didn't he? Yeah, I think so. He wrote a book about time not existing, I think. And then he, I think he stopped. Was he an illustrator as well or something? Am I making that up? Welcome. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But one of his, I think of this all the time. He had a bit of material about um, sitting and all he wanted to do was sit and have a fag and watch Columbo and have a cup of, co- cup of coffee. And because that's all he wanted to do, he realised that he'd never amount to anything more. But if he did become very successful, all he would want to do is sit and have a fag and a cup of coffee and watch Columbo. And the punchline was, he said, and I can't work out whether I'm a winner or a loser. Yeah. And I just thought it was, that is magnificent. Yeah. Because there are people who are just like, they're, they're not driven no. by, everyone's driven by something different. Mm. And a lot of the most successful people are driven by something. They're running away from something or they're running towards something. They need to yeah. prove something. Yeah. And they're not the happiest people. We know successful people and we know mm. happy people and they're not always the same. So so there are people who who's, you know, like we said, there's loads and loads of brackets, loads yeah. of different drives. Mm. And um, and I think every one of them is is as valid as the next. I think it maybe it's that I think that it's the comedians on the circuit who are frustrated that they're still going round and it just feels like luck. Yeah. To, like you said, Joe, when you did him and her, you just so happen to get a part on a sitcom that was written by a brilliant writer. Yeah. I was so jealous. I auditioned for a role, not the same role, obviously. Ooh. I auditioned for a role on him and her. What role? It was just a one-off. It was a one-off. Oh, it, was, right. um, it was like a guest, you know. No, like I a say, guest like a one-ep thing, right. Yeah. Like a one-ep thing, yeah. And I, you know, I was a, I, I had been an actor previously, but I just, I, I couldn't cope with the, I, you know, I'm always saying, oh, I was a capable actor. I think it was all right. I had big problem memorising lines. Oh, Huge fuck, problem with my memory. So, oh, my God. And I didn't realise that everyone did. So right. I thought I was uniquely bad at it. And so mm. in auditions, I would always be stressed. And I'd never gave my best gig in an audition ever. Mm. And I got very few roles. But I remember being so jealous when you got him and her. Because it did feel like one of those kind of, oh, that's one. You're off. You're off now. Well, I had no idea. But it, it was not sold to me like that, if I'm honest. It was like, no, no. It, no, no, but I mean, in my head, it was like... Do you think like, it was only a matter of time, Stuart, that Joe would have found a... Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, yeah. yes, except that, as you said, we all know really good, yeah. interesting imaginations, comics who are really funny, for whom it hasn't yet happened. Mm. And of course there's an element of luck. And I think the element really of luck is. that goes into it... But I, it really annoys me when people say comedy's a meritocracy. It yeah. feels like comedy is a meritocracy. There's loads of political things that go into that, privileged backgrounds, class, you know, all race, all of those sorts of things. But then there's also, there's not just luck as a sort of random, you know, we don't just get up every, every day and roll a dice, mm. but the element of luck, which is that if you did well early doors, then you got help early doors and you got perspectives and insights and a manager who was the right person for you. And if you got your, like, I've got fantastic agent now, but if I had had them on day one, I would have, ra- like, and we, you know, we're all in our 40s. We know how much the industry prizes youth, how special and how blazing you are, and how exciting it is when someone new and young comes along. Yeah. That I think if you, if you go off at a different time or it takes you longer to learn a particular thing or you piss off the wrong person or you... I mean, some of the Phil Ellis, you know, Phil Ellis' stories yeah. about pissing off the wrong people, you know. Right. Um, people who have, who sh- we without doubt should be up there who aren't, you know, not to take away from anyone's achievements from anyone who is up there, they, everyone worked hard for it. No one, no one lucked into it. But 
people were lucky enough to be able to give of their best at the right time and place. And other people have still not yet been able to give of their best in the right time and place. So yeah, it's totally. chaos. It's chaos Absolutely. out there. Absolutely. It's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's chaos. It's chaos out there. And at the end, you have to say goodbye to yeah. your kids. Yeah. <laughs> God, that's the place to end, isn't it? Yeah, that was... That's how, that's, yeah, can you come on for the last two minutes of all our eps? <laughs> Just snip that. Because we never had to end. I'm enjoying myself so much that when I heard myself say that, I thought, don't wrap up, Steve. Don't finish. (laughs) (laughs) Shot yourself in the foot there, Steve. I was worried worried you were thinking that I was, you know, yeah. Uh, It's been fascinating. There's there's loads more I'm going to know I'm going to go on and ask you. But it's, yeah, I'm still going to. One thing I do get frustrated. Go on, go on, go on. The best comedian. All right, what's my question? Comedians from the past. That you remember who retired, the best mm-hmm. ones are those. Connolly and Lee Evans. Who? Billy Connolly and Lee Evans. Yeah. Good what about point. on the circuits of our generation? Oh. Oh, our generation who retired. Yeah. Oh, well, Lee, I always thought Lee was brilliant. And what I love was that Lee, Lee Bannard. Yeah. Lee Bannard looked at comedy and kind of went, oh, this is fine, but I prefer, I don't want to be on the road. I prefer my job. Yeah. And you sort of go, Oh, well, well done. Well played, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well we had played. Terry Saunders on for that very reason. Yeah, Terry Saunders oh, we had yes. on. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Was and he a surprise Terry? guest for you? Yes, he was. Yeah, yeah he was. Really, yeah. And uh, yeah, Terry, nice guy, Terry. Um, also, um, John. Yeah, John Nichols. John Nichols. Dave Nichols. John. Dave Nick. Dave Nichols. Dave Nichols. John Gordon. John Gordon. Right. Yeah, he so was the real. So, what's deal. his? Remind me of his real name. Dave Nichols. One of them is his... real name. John Gordon. It's so funny. Real name John Gordon. We can't get him on, Joe. You always mention oh. him. Oh, he's so funny. He's yeah. so funny. Such a lovely bloke. I see, I see him and Lee every so often at Edinburgh. I've not for a while. Yeah, they're know, mates. Pre-pandemic. They? Yeah. But they both come up and we go and see a show and have a pint together. But he, he's he a real name, John Gordon. John Gordon. And he's, and on his Dave's first gig, Dave, Dave. his stage name was Dave Nichols, which was a person he knew. Yeah, it's his from best work. mate. It's his best <laughs> mate. mate. He took his best mate's name. <laughs> and, then, um, and then we met then uh, about four years into knowing him he went oh um this bloke turned up at the pub and he went oh this is this is actually dave nichols and we were like what he goes oh my name's john and we were like what the fuck yeah and he's like oh no this is the real dave nichols and so we the other guy's known as the real dave nichols and, uh, and we were like what did you do he goes i don't know and then we just had a bite. <laughs> lovely is there anyone else you can think of Rohan Agalawata. I haven't seen Rohan's name anywhere. He was oh, a one-liner comic. One-liner comic. This is, this is his joke. I mean, this is his most famous joke. But sort of, you know, in a, in a green room, people share this one. A unicorn and a cyclops. That's an accident waiting to happen. Oh, I know oh, that. Yeah. Yes. You know the joke, right? That's Rohan yeah. Agalawata. And I mean, he was, he was on the open mic circuit in London in the early to mid-2000s. So I remember him. Ring, but, um, Tom yeah. Wallamies. Oh, Tommy Wallamies. Still Tommy, does it Tommy, in Finland. Tommy Wallamies, I believe. Oh, uh, he still was a does professional. It. Does he? I think, well. He was, he was Finnish, professional poker player. I follow him on Twitter and he, he tweets in Icelandic. So I've got a clue what he says. <laughs> <laughs> Is he Icelandic? I thought he was Finnish. Finnish, oh, sorry. Finnish. I think he, he, do you remember his joke? He used to go, um, so my, uh, I've got to do that. <laughs> I've got to do the, yeah, the rhythm yeah. of it. My, yeah. Uh, my grandfather is uh, living the dream. Yeah. He's in a coma. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. My, my lasting memory of Tommy Wallamies is, do you remember we, he, we did the Hackney final with him? Yes. Do you remember the Hackney Empire? Yes, final? I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, wow. I was sat You were both Diane. in the same final? Yeah. Um, yeah, did you, you won that, didn't you? 
I won, Diane second, you were third. I it? came third, yes. How were you when you said I won just then, Joe? Well, because I knew you'd bring this up, so that wasn't my point. <laughs> this, this is my favourite bit of Chattermix, is when Fuck you it. prod, you do a David, uh, David um, what's it? You do your prodding, David. Yeah. To Joe. It's and you just go, I saw his face you feel just that? No, no, you didn't see my... I won. No, because I'm seven steps ahead, because I'm going, oh, here we go. David's going to somehow go something about me for, anyway. Fucking... Oh. Oh. <laughs> that's the best bit oh. the best bit I saw it as well Dave. I saw Joe go he's not going to enjoy saying that he won something is he <laughs> oh, please go on Conk Conk Joe <laughs> no. and if you can sit next to me telling Stuart what I'm actually thinking <laughs> why don't you both why don't you both come on to make the other one go on why don't you have a pact <laughs> I don't think there's any way of getting me on, if I'm honest. Oh, fair enough. Oh, no, I, and then we can go on Chatterbix and listen back <laughs> to each other's. <laughs> uh, I don't want to play. This, it does I'll, feel I'll, like I'll a download thing. the Chatterbix file yeah. and I'll delete each of you from one version <laughs> yeah, of it yeah. and I'll just splice it together. Like a seven-minute com-com pod. Oh. <laughs> Here's another one, Stuart. I've just, it's a super little question. A comedian who has yet to be known who should be known. I've got one. Because they are... Oh, do you mean someone that's been going for a while? Because I'm not... I'm, yeah, I'm reckon, far yeah, someone less been in going touch for a while. now with the very early kind of oh, bits yeah, of the circuit. Oh, yeah, not an early... Called, that's someone who's like, you cannot believe... 20 yeah. years in and they still haven't been... That kind oh of man! Well, I remember. I mean, this isn't answering the question, but I do remember when I started. Mickey Flanagan was floating around the top of the circuit. Yeah, he was for years, obvious, and everyone was like, "Why isn't Mickey massive?" Right. And I was quite good friends with him, and I've gone for partners with friends, what have you. As it was all going off, that was a really fascinating wow. thing to to, to uh, accompany Mickey through a couple of different parties yeah. or nights out. As gradually he became incredibly famous yeah. so that I, was, I went to see his Edinburgh show in the 50 seater I think that was the year yeah. I think the next year it happened yeah 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 so who who hasn't made it though Stuart for you um oh that's that's difficult who should have made it that he, do I you mean, still gig a lot as well do you sort of you still seeing a lot of people I don't I'm not in green rooms as much as I want to be just because no. <laughs> it's crucially I'm on stage exactly as much as I want to be but I'm not in the green rooms I really like <laughs> I like the hangout I like the yeah, community yeah. and I basically I I the pandemic made me realise how much I was missing of my kids' lives, and now I bitterly resent leaving the house. Yeah. I do gig. I'm gigging tonight in Barnstable. I mean, you're in Exeter. Are you in Exeter, Dave? Near Exeter. Yeah, Barnstable's Near north, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. so I'm in Bristol, and okay. and you'll. I don't know how much you get out on the road anymore, but um, the fucking motorways around here. Like, if you got a gig in Dorset, and it's it's thirty miles away, it's going to take you two hours or so. Mm. You know, it's it's really frustrating. I get very frustrated with that. So I don't gig as Sorry, Stuart, you say you're living in Bristol? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Okay, right. Yeah. yeah. We should uh, we should hang out in Taunton. We're about an hour away. We've <laughs> <laughs> yeah. done this in person. We should hang yeah. out and hug. <laughs> yeah, that would have been good. I could have done a tap, tap, <laughs> yeah. tap at your window. Oh, that would have been good. But <laughs> that's how we should have yeah. done it. You might want yeah. to turn around now, David. <laughs> Stuart's at the door with a list of questions. Two knives on your desk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But then, you know, um, uh, Wozniak is near you yeah. as well, I believe, and Parry is Tom. in Exeter as well. There's some good people. Yeah. Attention, attention, other cool and funny comics. Come and move to the southwest. Yeah. And come Cracking and little line up, that. Super. That's a lovely line up. Spencer. Spencer, Spencer Jones. Spencer, Spencer Jones, Jones, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Mm. So what was, what was the question? Other people who should be massive but aren't? Yeah. God, I'm going to think as well. 
Um, I'll tell you one so here's, here's a comedian who really makes me laugh, who's well-known, but he really makes me laugh in a club, is Hal Crundon. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I mean, he's you know, well I mean, known, but he's done but... the Royal Variety. You know, I mean, he's, Has he's he? Known. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think the same about Paul McCaffrey. Oh, Paul McCaffrey. Yeah, Paul McCaffrey. Yeah, Paul McCaffrey. Like, it, that's a bit like, when the fuck is the world going to notice how great yeah. Paul McCaffrey That's a yeah. really good point. I, I did a gig with him last night, and I was watching him going, fuck, he does that kind of comedy. that I always think it sounds disrespectful and i really don't mean it because we've talked about it, david how it's straight comedy you know like it's not quirky it's really yeah. well observed sort of observations mm. which i think is the hardest mm. thing to do and he was so funny last night and i was like that's hard to do where you're just you're not yeah. doing anything wacky or odd yeah. you're just going i think this is mm. funny yeah. and it's really yeah. mainstream in a that always sounds shit doesn't it like you say, mainstream. Yes, but it, yeah, that's sure. And if you say accessible, it's actually yeah, shit but as well. But it, it is, it is it's he's, he's really plowing that furrow, isn't he? Yeah. And it's fucking funny. I love the person I always go and see. When I was a teenager going to Edinburgh, I'd always go and see Munnery. I'd go and see Simon Munnery three three times a year sort of thing, yeah. you know, three times a festival. Um, and now the person I see every single time, often more than once, is Matt Ewins. I take everyone oh, yeah, to see Matt yes. Ewins. And like, we all now, there's enough of my mates up there, oh. like you know, street performers and all sorts who... Who's like we he's always got a good go brain, to you? Isn't he? He's got a great brain. He's just started doing stuff online and um, putting his stuff online, which of course he should because he's a genuine technical expert yeah, yeah. with all the you know all the kind of videos. He's stuff. one of those comedians where I go, I don't know how you came up with that. I don't understand. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He puts yeah. a it's lot just... of work into his stuff. I always think, you know, when he puts a lot of work in stuff, and you go, "Fuck, I hope that works." Yeah, because you put all that graft into making some prop that mechanically does something mad or whatever and then you're like fuck, fuck that was yeah. funny yeah yeah it's uh, the, the you know they'll the, like he'll create a computer game for the sake of one payoff yeah, like, yeah, he'll yeah. write and create I mean, that's... mad as um come on i want you to think of i want a couple of examples of who who should i want like a, like a circuit hero who you yeah. think why aren't they massive well like, you know there's Zoe Lyons. Um, Zoe you know, Lyons. She's, well, Zoe, she's Zoe doing, is making it, isn't she? Is she? Great. I don't know. I don't yeah, yeah. Ninia Benjamin. I always want Who? Ninia, Ninia Benjamin. Oh, yes. You know Ninia. Oh, Com yeah. Her compound's brilliant. Oh, thank you. I think so. She, so didn't, she was so humble, so like, God, you don't want me on it. I'm a piece of shit. She is a fucking force She didn't realise her, her uniqueness was her power. Yeah. yeah. Like, she was going on about how she goes, oh, I don't do what everyone else does, which is frustrating. You're like, well, that's why you're good. Yeah, I know. I know. That's and she, like, she is that to me, to me. And that, that's where I kind of think to myself, oh, she'd be great on the podcast. And then mid, you're like 10 minutes in, I'm thinking, this is absolutely classic. Yeah. Pod, you know, because well, it was a standout is, one. It was a standout one. Great, great. She is so brilliant. Yeah. But the, 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 the disparity between how brilliant she is and her valuing of it or understanding of the value of it she'd every other sentence she's like well i'm not proper and i'm not yeah a real she said comic, she kept I'm not, saying I'm not, a, I'm not really a comedian or something didn't she yeah and you were like what are you on about totally and if, if anyone said that who was less than as incredibly good as she is and as kind of yeah. roof raisingly good as she is you'd be like oh, this is but, I, I did remember, but you know she's i remember thinking what she does is insane though because she sort of says i'm just going to bring an energy and she yeah. does it every time because the way she yeah. is. But you just go, I've got to rely on my energy to make 200 <laughs> people laugh. And it always works. But you go, what do you mean? I've got to rely on my my energy will make these yeah. people laugh. She doesn't have yeah. anything in her 
she just goes in with the right she just has to get the frame of mind exactly right and then walk on and just say whatever the fuck she wants oh no really destroy. no material i mean she does she, she'll have bits she'll generate bits and bobs and yeah. stuff but yeah she she just wow. walks on and is just like blah and then i remember i remember yeah. watching her like now after listening to your podcast going oh yeah she didn't did she because it you weren't sort of going you haven't got anything it was just yeah. like she she's about to get going for 20 minutes then she leaves you know what i mean As in, yeah. i love that yeah. it's yeah. fucking bonkers but yeah she yeah. didn't have a clue um that's a good call but she also has had like loads of stuff happen hasn't she oh yeah she's done really well she's yeah, done loads yeah. of shows she did um she did um what's it three non-blondes She's just, she's so good. And I, I just want to grab her and just yeah, that's yeah, that yeah. fucking believe in yourself. Yeah. so good. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I just want to mention a couple of ones that have stuck in my head. I tell you, the two I really loved was Adam Bloom yeah. and Stephen Grant. Yeah. Because they both just the, the two way. Episodes. Two episodes. Yeah, two, two different episodes. I remember episodes. Adam Bloom. That was years ago, that one. Yeah, that was a lot. Yeah, 10 yeah. years ago. And uh, yeah. they were both good because the way they looked at comedy was really interesting like mm. like mechanical is the wrong word but they'd work like they work in it out yeah you know what i yeah. mean like, adam was saying that he wanted to like he doesn't like using any joke formats because he knows you know them mean? all like so he wants because he knows them all yeah. so mm. they yeah i mean he yeah. did that but we talked about it on the episode i remember seeing him on never mind the buzzcocks where he told the joke which had loads and loads of swearing loads of swear words in the punchline and he said, and the joke's on you because, it, like at the end of the joke, he said, and the joke's on you because if you bleep them all out, it's Morse code for cunt. Do you remember that? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I remember what? just that. That's incredible. Oh like, and God. he worked out the Morse code for yeah. the C word. And, uh, and, uh, and, and he put jokes, <laughs> like, he built yeah. a punchline out of the right length of jokes. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. I don't know if I'm allowed to say cunt on chat a bit, so I apologise. Big time. Well, we, we, it has, <laughs> has been we said. Lo we love then, it, don't we, Joe? We have said it. And, but my, my mum and dad listened to this around the kitchen oh, table. Yeah. Sorry, so. Mr. and Mrs. Wilkinson. I am sorry. <laughs> yeah. But I hope you can appreciate, we were talking there about the, the amoral components of language. <laughs> yeah. Do you hear that, Dad? Get your head around that. <laughs> Stella! Sorry, 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 Mr. Wilkinson. <laughs> Oh, oh, Stuart, thank you for coming on. We've done yeah. an hour and a half. This is one of the longest oh, pods we've it. ever done, Stuart. I'll be back. I love it. I, I oh. love it. I could just, it's so nice to see you. If you won't come on mine, I'll keep returning to yours at any time and I will eventually have enough to have created a yeah, okay, fair deal. 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 Yeah. I'll go on yours if Joe goes on yours. There you go. Okay, time for a breakdown. All right, let's discuss this on another pod. Yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay, we'll guys, discuss coming on your pod for a pod. Can I, do people plug something or is that oh, all? Go no, plug, no, plug, plug, plug away. Is that plug, all right? Plug, we'll cut it out anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to, I've got to, if you could inform your listeners blah, blah, whatever blah, way. No, go on. I think, I think you'll quite like how this happened because I've got, I've got a special, I taped a special 800 pound gorilla, invested some money in it, properly produced. It's not a DIY project for oh, like wow. the first time in my life. It's a, it's a proper thing. And it's being released on a, a platform called Moment, which is like, it's on on the 23rd of February at eight o'clock. And it, it, if you buy a ticket, you can watch it for a couple of weeks afterwards. But it's that moment, that's the moment. Oh, like a release. So everyone, like a release. Yeah. And there's a Q&A and &A an after party, what have you, which I guess is me in a Zoom room. <laughs> Feel free to come along. I'll copy for that. Yeah, yeah. Come along to that because yeah. it might be very lonely. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. It'll just be this. Yeah. But um, 
the point is, I did this big, like they gave me a social media rollout plan. I've never seen anything like that in my mm. life. And I'm desperate to please and to do my best and to do everything I can to really honor the fact that this, these people are taking a chance on me and shot a proper thing. And um, and I did this big social media rollout, spent hours over it, ticking all the boxes. And then after my mailing list and my sort of socials and everything, the amount, the volume of replies I got going, where is it in London? Where is it? What is it? Uh, is it a DVD? I yeah. can't, because like I couldn't, I didn't find a way and I still haven't really found a way in six words to explain what the fucking thing is. <laughs> is it streaming? <laughs> on? Yes, it, yes, it's streaming, but it's not live streamed. It's a, it's like a DVD, but we don't, it's like a, oh God, yeah. it's, a mo, it's a moment. When you first said it, it made sense to me straight away. <laughs> well, I think I've, I've, I've had two weeks of trying to work out how to say it. What's the link? Oh, you could, if they go to stuartgoldsmith.com, there's a link there. That's okay. the easiest thing. And if you haven't got it, it's Comedians Comedian Podcast. Yeah, go to Comedians Comedian Podcast. And enjoy yes. And I've forgotten the one thing I want to ask, but... The book, how's the book going? Oh, it's, oh man, it's a big job of work. I'm writing a book about comedians' minds based mm. on the podcast. And there is like 600 hours worth of podcast out there. And the job's Such just to idea. decide which bits to refer to and get a quote. And then you've got to transcribe it. And are you going to use it? You don't know yet. And it's a, it's a colossal project. It's going to take I me at least I ran through a puddle year. in Swindon and I had an idea. I was going to text you something you should put in. And I ran through a puddle that was really deep and sort of cover myself in water. And I was so fucked off, I sort of ended up walking down the road and I forgot the bit oh, I was going to send you. That's okay. Well, text me when it comes back it to will you. Come send back me a message. Um, right, yeah. thank you, Stuart. Thank we'll you, let you boys. get on with the rest of your day. Love that, Stuart. Thank you so much. It. Lovely to see you. Crunch, crunch. Lovely to see you. Thanks a million, mate. I'm really invested in crunch, crunch. I, crunch. Really want crunch. I had one this morning. <laughs> crunch, I had a crunch, crunch. crunch. <laughs> I had a crunch, crunch at the, at the traffic lights today. Lovely, crunch, mate. Crunch. Crunch, crunch. Bye, mate. Take care. Bye. Bye.